Eddie, 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 come on, jump up, jump up, come on. <laughs> Finally, we have a son on the podcast. Uh, uh, oh, uh, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you look like you're struggling there a little bit. <laughs> Whoa, and welcome. We got a new episode of the podcast today, don't we? <laughs> oh yes, my we do. God. Yes, we do. Oh we all God. love our good boys. I've never thought I would hear George sound like that. Yeah. Oh, he's licking my face. (laughs) I I got Eddie up on the webcam to to say hi, and I'm I'm struggling a bit because it is it is an awkward (laughs) position. I'm I'm I I I want nothing more in the universe than for this dog to be happy, because this dog has 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 been through some hard times, and I want nothing more than to help another creature in the universe to uh enjoy existence more than i more than i do i'm a dog dad now hello 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 welcome to dog dads and sons we 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 have all of our our good boys uh here on the show liam edwards and matt visual and now it almost looks like he doesn't want to get out of my lap (laughs) that's funny you said good boys and then i immediately thought what dog would each of us be if we were dogs I don't know if I would be a Jack Russell Terrier like Eddie, but then again, Eddie has defied my expectations for what Jack Russell Terriers can be. Adorable. And chill. Oh, yeah, that's very not you. Yeah. Jack Russell Terriers are supposed to be super hyperactive monsters. They, they are, like, supposed to tear your apartment up before you figure out how to train them. They're, they're supposed to, to pull at your leash and, and, and run after any little bug or squirrel they see on the walk and eddie i i mean i don't know if he came out of the womb like this or if something happened to him along the way to make him like this but this dog is scared of a lot of things in the world he doesn't look scared of you which is very good he looks very content yeah (laughs) he looks at you constantly which is adorable like it's like very whenever adorable. I'm I'm lying around, he'll just stare longingly into my eyes. This dog has fallen madly in love with me. <laughs> he's he's very chill for a Jack Russell Terrier. He likes to to just spend about sixty percent of the day napping. And uh, if you're ever sitting on a chair or a couch or something, he'll run up to you and want to join. But when uh, he goes outside for a walk, he's really terrified of traffic Aww. noises. Yeah, and that's going to be a problem, because I, you know, live in the middle of the big city. So whenever we have to walk to go outside and take big fat stinky dumps, (laughs) we gotta... I I sometimes have to, like, pick him up and carry him down the sidewalk, because if a car will drive past, if it's too loud, if it's any bigger than, like, a minivan, he'll, he'll scurry off to the corner of the sidewalk and just plant himself down and refuse to keep walking. You could, you could... How old is he? Do you know? I, we think he's four, but we don't really oh. know. And he's going to the vet at the end of the week. And I guess we'll find out more when we get there. But, uh, he, he, he's a scared little boy. He just needs some stability to know that the things on the street can't hurt him so long as he follows my lead and stays on the sidewalk and not the street. I'm telling you guys, like, 
when we're crossing the street, sometimes he will change his mind and decide to stop and sit down in the middle of the crosswalk. It's 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 gonna be rough. You could tra- you could train him out of that. We're making we're making a little bit of progress every day. And one clever trick I found out is that if you start jogging alongside him and pick up the pace, he explodes. Like you will see the fear kind of melt away as he quits focusing on the traffic and starts mm. focusing on you instead, and then starts realizing that running around outside is fun. And uh, all of a sudden, he will switch modes back to regular Jack Russell Terrier. And the other day, I had two friends over. And with two friends walking alongside of him, um, and me then being the weird friend of the group who's going to pick up the pace and start sprinting past them, he started leaping in the air. <laughs> like, like, he has so much energy bottled up in him that when you get it out, it comes out in in really, really explosive, intense ways. He just would leap for for no other reason than the pure joy of leaping in the air while sprinting down the sidewalk on a uh, long, loose, expandable leash. But yeah, there's some tricks to uh, get him to quit focusing on the scary things and start (laughs) focusing on the doggy thing. Oh, he's licking me. And start focusing on the doggy he things again. He does like looking at but, you a um, lot. He already is. It looks like he's very attached. Yeah, I I can't even go to the bathroom with. As soon as I open the bathroom door, he's like sticking his nose in the crack, <laughs> getting those poo particles up in his face. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then licking you with them. <laughs> no, he's not gonna lick me with poo particle. What is? What are you doing? <laughs> He just, like, sat up on his hind legs for a second before getting back down. But, uh, yeah, yeah, this is, this is Eddie. Hello. Um, I, I have been spending my time, uh, engaging in, in the most, uh, satisfying input-output, uh, uh, mental health support machine that, uh, the universe has created, and that is doggies. Mwah. I'm going to order a backpack from Amazon that has, like, a little mesh cage on the back of it so I can bicycle around with him and take him to the dog park. But, my God, he's going to be terrified the first time we do that. Does he enjoy you watching you play games? Or have you even played any games? Or have you just been so... Oh, you I have. have. Have you been playing with him? Yeah. Uh, what he does is he curls up under the desk. So I moved his bedding under the desk. Uh, okay. Is it time to go down? He's like, he's squirming like he wants to go down. I mean, this is a podcast, not a video feature. So just imagine whatever your favorite dog is, whatever favorite dog you <laughs> like and enjoy, George just had on his lap currently. And and very, very awkwardly got him up and down, but he seemed like he was perfectly content while he was up here in my lap. Anyways, he's over there licking himself in the corner. Hi! Hello! That, that was, was Eddie. That was Eddie. It's so good to see. Yeah. I love Eddie. So, yeah. Matt, what dog would you be? Probably Golden Retriever. Ooh, the proper family boys. dog. I would want to be a family dog. Yeah. Chillin' and then playing and then chilling and playing. That's li- <laughs> Golden Retrievers, I always see them as like perfect dogs. They are. Just yeah. like just like they're always there for the chill yeah. and the play. I I I was about to say like it's impossible to look up a picture of a golden retriever and it be like not the most heartwarming thing. But I Google image search for golden retriever and three rows down there's a picture of him like carrying back a big dead bird <laughs> covered in mud. Oh never never mind. Eddie. Eddie. Go fuck it up. 
Fuck him up, Eddie. Tear it up. Tear it's throat out. He hates that thing so George much. Is so distracted by this he, dog. Yeah, he, this, this whole podcast. We might as well just do it. Uh, just me and you, Liam. So what's up, Liam? How? What have you been doing? <laughs> Look at what a good boy he is. Ben. I can't. I don't think we can understate just how much George is in love with this dog. There, it's like we've done this for three years. We've known George for a long time. This is the most love I've ever seen. Exclude him. Give give anything. <laughs> if anybody knows George, just picture how much he loves Morrowind, and times that by ten, and you'll get well, a significant. Oh well, no, Metal thing. Gear. Oh, Metal, Metal Gear. Gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Combine his love of Morrowind and Metal Gear, oh. and his hatred for politics. Mm. Taking care of a dog is the ultimate in giving your life a uh, <laughs> hardcore survival mod. Because you have uh, to stay alive now. Yeah, yeah. When I have to keep a normal sleep schedule now, and now let me tell you, that has already changed my week significantly. I was going to say, you are by far one of the worst people I've ever known regarding sleep schedules, and it's good to see. Oh, I thought you were just going to leave it at no. worst people ever known. <laughs> Some days. Yeah. Since uh, since Eddie, like I, I I have to. I have no choice in the matter now. I have to get up before eight. I have to go to bed before eleven. It's it, th those are his. It's his world. I just live in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right then, Matt. It is just you and me. The golden retriever and yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, the, I, I'll, the, I'll yeah, try to. I'll you? try. I'll try. I don't know. I'll try to keep my focus. Maybe a Shiba or something because I'm in Japan. Could just be a mommy Shiba. Oh, of course. Yeah. The meme dog. <laughs> the doge dog. I think the doge dog is a mommy Shiba, so like a bean Shiba. When uh, when I was in Japan the first time, we did the, the white people tourism thing and went to go see sumo wrestling. And the gift shop outside the sumo wrestling um, stadium was selling little... Uh, trinkets that had that meme doge face on it. And it was so surreal seeing that in real life in front of a major tourist attraction that, like, hundreds of people were going in and out. You mean just seeing a dog, a Shiba dog? N no, like, merchandise with the meme of the dog, like, looking at the camera from the side with the kind of, like, apprehensive facial expression, that famous picture of the original Doge face. I thought it was just a meme thing you'd only see on the internet, but I guess when, when you're at major tourist attractions in Japan, you're basically in real-life meme world. Well, have you been playing anything then, guys, apart from dog sitting? George, you said you've been playing something with Eddie, and Matt, you always are playing something. George, you're going to mm. more than likely be distracted, so why don't you try to go first, but as soon as you get but distracted, that's it. Whatever you're talking about ends. We're just going to move on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I... I, I <laughs> It's not a, a great... I played a few hours of Hunt Showdown with, with Eddie at my feet. There you go. I answered the question. <laughs> we do not I, need I to haven't talk played, about Hunt Showdown I again. haven't played anything new, and uh, I, I, I have been spending a significantly larger chunk of, of my time taking care of, of, of the dog. I'm glad to hear and, that. And I, 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 but also I at there's least, a podcast. <laughs> I, 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 I was this is like the dog at least I was at least playing it with other people instead of alone like 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 in the old days. <laughs> it's good to hear that like you're uh, you're uh, overcoming basically your heroin addiction that is Hunt Showdown and your hours 
have, have dwindled because of this other addiction you have now, which is becoming an animal lover. Which is going to be much better. Yeah. Yeah. He became yeah. a dad. It's like, it truly is the, uh, what they say. When you become a dad, your whole world changed. George has changed. We can see the glint. I gotta give him a... F- I, I gotta give him a flea bath after after the podcast. I, I gave him one <laughs> earlier last week, but the problem is that they've kind of burrowed between his toes, so I need to pay special attention to that. He's got his vet appointment on the 16th. Up before then, there's heartworm, and then another treatment of plea for prevention I'm going to do where you squirt go back to sleep. down his back. I'm, I'm just going to go back to sleep, because it's early here. You know, I woke up for a podcast. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, all right, I'll see you guys. He, right. he, he's also shedding, so we we have to like brush his hair a lot too, or else it'll get all over the the apartment. And um, yeah, there's 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 duties, you know, like like tasks. They're they're important. It's more important than than playing video games, right, Eddie? You have. I, I'm sure Matt loves dogs, but he has fully gone to bed. <laughs> I guess oh. golden Labradors have their uh, have their threshold. That threshold. We we we, we got to give him back, get him back here though. So is there like a, a toy or a treat or something that we can throw to Matt? Yeah, wait, wave it in front of the camera. You that that usually tends to get their attention. You can't wave NFTs in front of people's faces. Well, he he likes the uh, the the little like like monkey things, right? Yeah, but do do he only likes <laughs> monkey things? He only likes monkey things of value. <laughs> That's how we can do it. We can like dangle some some cash yeah. in, in front of the camera. Not cash. That sounds so crass. It's not cash that he's interested in. It's literally the value of monkeys. I wonder what costs well, more, a real monkey or Matt's monkey. Got some water. That sounds like another Matt, euphemism for for something. Matt, what do you think costs more? What? A real monkey or your monkey? My monkey will cost more. Oh, no. Like a pet monkey on the black market. Do you reckon you could buy a pet monkey for less? Oh. Yeah. I, you know, I, I wouldn't know how to get a <laughs> pet monkey. <laughs> I don't know if I have sources like that, but... Uh. Uh, you got me. Wait. What? Uh, yeah. Monkeys R Us in uh, Eagleville, Tennessee uh, specializes oh my in... God adorable sweet hand-fed pre-spoiled common <gasps> penisolata and jeffrey marmosets plus cotton top and red-handed tamarind monkeys matt please can you buy a monkey Wait, please what the f- no oh, don't buy a monkey I don't am, buy monkeys i'm good they actually have a uh <laughs> i was just talking about this like i don't about buying a monkey i no a about pets in general like mm, i mm. just don't like i just whole happened to be talking about this yesterday i was just like <laughs> i i don't want a pet like <laughs> i had the whole phase of like having pets when i was younger and it's just like yeah i totally love to just be able to just like you know just just go you know and not have to worry about like if I sleep over someone's house or if I go on a travel somewhere, I don't have to worry about anything because like, like, like my roommate, for instance, like his cat, like he's like, Oh, are you going to be home? I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be fucking home. That's not my like, responsibility. It's your sorry. cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so I'm not going to get a fucking monkey. 
<laughs> There's no way in fucking hell. And I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear all that fucking noise when I'm trying to sleep. You can <laughs> have like a monkey podcast. Butler, <laughs> yeah, uh, so, I mean, sure. So, if if I could make him like Abu and make him steal things, um, maybe, maybe I reckon you might do be that. cool. Yeah. When you Google search how much does monkey cost, they tell you the window is between four thousand and eight thousand dollars each. Holy shit, Matt could buy a monkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you shouldn't. I, you should. I could buy a monkey. I already have. I already have a couple monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Matt's new Twitter profile pic. You saw that? <laughs> yeah. Just don't don't click it. Don't right click it and press save image because that would be stealing. Oh. No, no, no. You can right-click and save image. It's okay. <laughs> Matt sharing the wealth. <laughs> well, Spreading his wealth to the people. Yeah, I mean, you'll just have an image. You won't have anything you else. Won't have, <laughs> you won't have the image. Capital V. I would rather you pay full price for Balan Wonderworld <laughs> during its week of launch than, than buy a monkey. Monkeys shouldn't be pets. Monkeys are, are too too smart. A lot of things shouldn't be fucking pets, man. It's just I people had, people just think that they should just have these things in their house. I had pet snakes when I was younger. They were great pets. Snakes make really? great pets. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, what what turns you off of uh of people having things that shouldn't be pets besides monkeys? Where is this coming from? What do you mean? Well, what is the line? Yes. What is the line? I don't know. Like, I guess, like, it's just acceptable to have dogs and cats now. So it's that's just what it is. But, but not wolves or lions. Yeah, non-domesticated versions. A lot of those white people like to have those little crazy animals in the house. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and some of them get eaten for it, and it's just. Ooh. So, <laughs> you know, you see all, you always why, see those videos with that. Why are white people always buying lions? <laughs> always so dumb. Like dogs are are made to be pets. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if if a dog is gonna be any better off in the wild. They, they yeah, usually yeah. aren't compared well, yeah, to their I mean, lives in in a house. Well, I mean, we kind of we kind of made it that way, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we made, we it, made that it that way. way. They were, <laughs> they were like that. And I think Cat made us that way. <laughs> I think that's it was the other yeah. way around for the cats. <laughs> I uh, one one of the things I had to look up was how dog diets work. Apparently, there's this big fad going around these days where um, you uh can buy your dog a grain free diet, where they uh, just have meats and and protein. But as it turns out, that's bad for them because one of the first things the first dogs were invented to do was be able to eat more grains than than wolves can. Uh, yeah, like people are projecting the image of a wild animal that that tears up small animals for for its diet as most of its meals onto dogs, and that's not what what their bodies are built for. They, they 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 need some veggie in their diet, or else or else they're not going to work right. Dog.exe might might hang a bit on load. <laughs> hmm. But what, what kind of special treats do you give him though? What does what does adorable Eddie deserve? 
Uh, there are some nastier-looking training treats I got him, but for the most part, I got him some fairly delicious-looking treats that basically just look like beef jerky. His, uh, his wet food is, is this, like, whole heart brand easy digestion formula that looks like chicken noodle soup on the inside. It doesn't look like dog food. Um, unlike my, my beagle I grew up with, he does not mind if you, uh, if, if you screw around with him while he eats. There, there was a little bit left on the spoon, so I stuck the spoon up in his face and he licked it off and didn't protest or anything. Um... But yeah, I'm wondering, like, like I've seen people who keep ferrets as pets. Some, some you know, crazy white people who keep parrots as pets. And, and ferrets, I think, made a, might be crossing the line a bit. Birds, too. I don't know how I'd feel about keeping a bird in a cage, you know? Yeah, it kind of sucks. <laughs> like, kinda like, sucks. Like a, Not to say, you know, I'm pretty sure people have birds, but it's just like, I don't know. Like, I, I usually when I see the, the, the happier birds are in, like, those... I don't. Even, I can't even tell if a bird is happy. But those bigger cages, <laughs> you feel less, less bad for them when they're in a huge cage. I said these like little tiny built, cages. Yeah, they're they're built to fly away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike dogs, dogs were built to, to to not do the thing a wolf would do. But but birds, like they still have the the the, the call of the wild in them. Uh, I, I, I did have two birds when I was growing up as a child. I think I've talked about them before, but in retrospect, yeah, I, I do feel like a little icky about it. Yeah. 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 I've killed a lot of fish in my day. You've killed fish in your day. <laughs> they, I just go to, go to, like, go to school and come back and the goldfish would be dead. Oh. Must be oh, the heat. shit. I don't know. This is this is this is way when I was in elementary school, but I always remember killing like three goldfish. <laughs> Dude, I I feel like like having your kid take care of a pet is always a bad idea too. That society has normalized way too much. They have to learn about death, George. Someday, but I think there should be some like <laughs> hidden unspoken rules in the house where it's like, oh, it's the don't, adults really taking care of it. They're just teaching the kids about death. Don't make me bring up my hamster lucky story again. Oh god. I I feel like that just would be further proof though that like kids don't want to go through that. Kids shouldn't be the ones in charge of another small helpless creature's life. Yeah, when I saw Japanese children cleaning turtles, that that scarred me. All Oof. of them handling baby chickens at a zoo. It was horrific. Horrific. Oh yeah, no, they you. do the deer parks in Japan and I don't think you're allowed to do that in the states. That's because you kill them. <laughs> Are the deers, like, happy over there? They're cheeky. <laughs> they, they think they run the town. You go to Nara, deer just walk into people's shops. They, they're so used to human beings that they do not give a fuck. They just walk into stores. Yeah, it's pretty funny, actually. Well, at least they're happy. In Japan, it's quite often you'll see bears come down and stuff like that and just traipse through people's garden, searching for veg patches and, you know, eating people's fruit. <laughs> pretty funny. You know, Japan's pretty one with nature, so... But Japanese people don't have the greatest reputations of looking after animals very well. I mean, it's only really in recent years I see more and more dogs now. But before, when I arrived, like, even six years ago... You know, there wasn't that many dogs going around. Didn't see many dogs at all. Because, uh, like, like, tiny apartment living, I guess, isn't... Mm. It's so hard to 
because I've thought about it for a long time. I really do want a pet, not even just a dog, but a cat. A, you know, I cat. had pets growing up. I really, I really like animals. I would love a dog, but they, as Matt said, I have the same fear. Yeah, you, I think you that's have why to have we'll always time. be the last dance. You have to have. You time. have to have time, and you have to sacrifice your freedoms, yeah. right? A little bit. If you want to be a good pet owner, which you should be, yeah. don't get a pet if you're not going to commit to that. With a cat, very different, of course. Cats do not give a fuck whether you're alive or dead, <laughs> let alone whether you're there or not. Yeah. So, you know, as long as you feed them and water them, you can, you know, come and go as you please. Yeah. Um, so, but you still have to have special apartments in Japan or pets, like um, guarantors and stuff like that. It's a pain in the ass in Japan. Yeah. I, uh, I have my sympathies because Eddie has to get carried downstairs. They don't Wait, want what? the dogs walking around on the elevators, so you have to pick uh, them up and carry them. And that means that he has steadily grown afraid of uh, walking on certain surfaces compared to others. On uh, the, the hallways, like there's a little line where carpet turns into tile, and he doesn't want to walk past the carpet. <laughs> um... He, uh, he he doesn't want to walk around on the elevators. Like, like I'll, I might want to, like, put him down and maybe save a few extra steps of, of arm strength, calorie-burning energy, and be like, okay, Eddie, come on, I'm going to let you walk a few steps down the hallway, and Eddie will be like, no, you got to follow the rules, George. Yeah, there, there, <laughs> already, there are... Already being put in your place. Indeed. I've... 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 I've had to... to change a few things significantly change already ways. my 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 sleep schedule my exercise schedule um yeah i i don't know if i can really like burn 300 calories a day with uh with this dog but on the the sprint home he's very reluctant and timid when we're walking out to the pooping spot but when we go back home he will sprint he will he will run and jump and have the time of his life, but but on the way out of the apartment, it's uh it's kind of a, a struggle carrying him out of the building. Well, some things don't change though, which is Matt playing games. Matt, what have you been playing? I've been I've been playing games. You're always playing games. You're the games master. Am I the games? Well, master? you're the one who's carrying us. <laughs> I yeah I I haven't played very much at all. I did try this Undertale game though. Uh, called Everhood. Undertale. Oh, oh, the rhythm one. Yeah. The rhythm game style one. Okay, okay, okay. It's got good reviews on Steam. Yeah. Overwhelmingly positive. It's, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, and the concept is, is cool, and it's a little trippy, um, which some people will definitely like. The problem is, the music's not that good. And it's a rhythm oh, game. It's a rhythm okay. game. It's a little it's 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 a little boring the game the, the, the music. It's it's just the sounds are very dull, if that makes sense. You know, just kind of nothing there's nothing like um, exciting about some of like something's happening and then you're like, Oh wow, this is pretty cool but the sounds that that are coming out to to um 
illustrate these notes that are coming to attack you and then you have to jump over them and go from you know side to side to dodge them it doesn't oh. it doesn't keep you feeling like active like it's like okay this is kind of just i'm just dodging things at this point i'm not like uh, really enjoying the music while dodging like, like- like, does it do that thing where the sound effects are kind of distracting from the main music track when you're no when you're no it's notes just, it's, it's just boring music just like <laughs> yeah it's yeah you know it Oof. I'm not comparing it to Undertale because Undertale has amazing music I understand that but like even just like there's a lot of indie music that's just really good and this is just not it's just not good I I I mean it has a lot of good reviews. I'm probably in the minority. For me, music was was not holding up for me, and I just ended up just stopping. And I was just like, okay, this is. Uh, does it does it make you bad at the game if you're not like getting into it? You know, um, I can't play rhythm games if I don't like the music. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. And you're like, oh wow, this yeah. is cool. Oh wow, it's getting trippy. But then like. But, like, the music just really adds a flavor to everything when you're in a game, right? Like, so, like, mm-hmm. the music in, for instance, in a lot of those, these indie titles that you play add this atmosphere. And when yeah. it's not hitting that note, like, the dialogue, everything tends to get dragged down with it. Mm. And it the music really just drags down Everwood. So... So did you did you finish it? No, you, like I did not finish okay. it. I did not. I got. Do you think you got far enough to like basically understand most of the music? No, no, Was I didn't. Just, okay. So I, I would say, I would say people people could give it a shot or look up a video and see if they like it. Because uh, for me, I don't know. Maybe I'll give it another chance, but it's like. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> if that's if that's uh, any taste for things to come, like I didn't like any of the music. Like I don't I don't re- remember any of the songs. Okay. Yeah, it's like one of those things. When Undertale or any I mean any other indie game that I've played in the past years is like, oh yeah, I can I under I know what this where this is from, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, even like Phenotopia. A, yeah, it's Phenotopia always Phenotopia is like that. Yeah. It's a real tough one because obviously usually indie games, especially can't afford licensing right for real music and stuff like that. So you either have to make your own or, you know, hire unknown musicians and just hope for the best. And then sometimes course catches on if you're a genius like Toby Fox is with the Undertale music. But yeah, most of the time it's very difficult to uh get that good stuff so if you are like an indie developer and you're going to be making a rhythm game you know music's got to be high on your priority yeah um, you have to vet you have to vet it's a tough one <laughs> vet the guy who's <laughs> doing your music bro like pretty hard but for sure listen it has good reviews so it's worth a check i could be wrong interesting premise for st- uh, for sure yeah it, it, it yeah what like you find an like- atm machine like it's wacky you know so you're you're a wooden doll searching for its arm so like it's that is pretty wacky it's pretty yeah so in that aspect you might find enjoyment from this but and then i'm yeah 
Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm skipping through some, some gameplay footage, and I see like a cool-looking boss fight against a, a frog with a banjo, but the music that's coming <laughs> out, like like you were saying, has not a whole lot of like texture to it. Like There's yeah. two instruments. I hear a synth and the banjo, and the synth is nowhere to be seen on the screen because the frog's playing a banjo all by himself. But, yeah, like, like uh, you know, Undertale music is hype. There's so yeah. many layers going on, and there's there's weird chip and it changes. instruments. This does change. The, the, the I'm not going to say it doesn't change, but, like, yeah. It, it, it seems <sighs> like, like there's a lack of energy to it. Yes. Yes. It's uh, very dull. Very dull. <laughs> what is that? Is that a beer? Is that a, a classic? Mm, that is a go-to... Sapporo only Hokkaido classic lager. Uh. Japanese beer, not the greatest if you're getting the standard <laughs> stuff, but gotta admit, if you if you if you're gonna have one of them, so you either got the Kirin, the Asahi, or the Sapporo, you go the Sapporo. None of that not Asahi. You can put Asahi down for a little while. Go for the classic Sapporo. It's good stuff. Can I can I talk about a game i've been playing yes an indie game as well yes i'm i'm interested in this game i was thinking about it so i want to talk about dodgeball academia what great name to start dodgeball academia and i like think matt anime. maybe this might oh boy oh, really? you're about to you're about to you're which about one? to get hard then um the i wonder which one is this? Book of the Hero academia um so I've been playing Dodgeball Academia. Matt, it's on Game Pass. Yeah. Free real estate, yeah, of course, this, baby. Yeah. You know. There's been a lot of games on Game Pass recently. There's been Dodgeball Academia, The Ascent. Um, oh, that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. The Cyberpunk, but Cyberpunk, oh, whatever. Oh, the Cyberpunk, it is. but it, it's actually Cyberpunk. Like, it but, actually but has actually flying cyberpunk. cars in it. It cars actu- and stuff. actually yeah. has a good environment. Yeah, yeah, wow. I haven't, hmm. I haven't had time to play that yet. Um, <laughs> but there's that, and there was something else. Um, oh, A Curse of the Dead Gods, like that roguelike that came out uh, last year or this year that got really good reviews as well. I, st- I played a little bit of that. They had some interesting mechanics, but I got too wrapped up in uh, some dodgeball action. So Dodgeball Academia comes from a Brazilian developer called Pocket Trap, and it's published by Humble Games. Um, they actually made a, another Japanese-inspired game called Something Ninjin. Uh, Ninjin being carrot in Japanese, and it's like about a bunny ninja. It's really cute two D uh, side-scrolling game Clash. that actually was one of the one of the really. Uh, it was like one of our artists on Scrappers, uh, Yamamura-san. It was one of his inspirations for the art style for Scrappers, this two D style. So Clash actually, of Carrots. Clash of Carrots. There you go. Um, so these guys just came out and busted out a brand new game called Dodgeball Academia, and it's fantastic. It's really, really is really it really an good. RPG? What a story! It mode. is an RPG. So, th- so I really want to talk about why I think it's great. But so, for start, it it's absolutely wears like its inspirations on its sleeve. It is a game in the same vein as Pokemon and. Animes like Boku no Hero Academia and any shonen, you're you know this high pumped up kid. It's got all the character tropes. It's um, 
you know, heavily inspired by like typical anime structure. Go to the big tournament. You know, you train for the big tournament. You're you got to fight the rival kid, but etc. etc. It's a, based in it a school. It has a story. You're telling me it has a story. It has has a story. But the yeah, art, it's a full on RPG. The, the art is is not anime. Serious? Like like it looks like like Gumball, like the Amazing World of yeah, Gumball. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. So it's kind of you know it's very it wears its inspirations on its sleeve, but the art style is very kind of Western cartoon. Looks like Gumball. It looks great. It looks fantastic. It's all three D environments, mm-hmm. and the environments are beautiful. It's very reminiscent of really poppy games. The music's very poppy. Um, oh shit! You can explore. It's not just. Yeah, it's like a whole campus grounds and everything. There are different areas of the school. It's like, Wait, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit like a, a not Persona, but, you know, it's got that school vibe and they're all different kids. What is great is you can walk around the school challenging people to dodgeball matches. <laughs> so this is a dodgeball school. And the idea is that you're I trying to that. be the greatest dodgeball player of all time. And you have a team who is your RPG party. And the way battles work is they are dodgeball matches. So, it, you know, it's a game after my own heart because it's a game about using sport and changing it into an arcade way. That's all. Of course, that's my shtick. Um, mm-hmm. And the idea is then you play a dodgeball match and it's like an anime version of dodgeball. You have... Hadoukens and power-ups and you can counter the balls and you can jump and parry and you get like um, charge shots and you get power-ups and you different items and stuff. Um, it starts off pretty weak and slow. Like the dodgeball matches are pretty uninteresting because, you know, you move slow and you just throw the ball and it, it feels okay. But then once you start combining the powers and doing counters and you can tag in teammates and out. And then when you actually get into the proper rules where if you you know, knock out an opponent, the opponent goes behind you, and then, you know, opponents start throwing balls between each other behind you and from the front, you have to be a bit more aware. Um, so it's a bit more of an involved battle system. But, you know, it works the same as any RPG. You walk around the school, you get into random battles sometimes, that are dodgeball matches, people challenge you. You know, the, the whole idea is that you want to become the greatest dodgeball player of all time, and you're just going to school to do it. Um, but the reason I love it so much is because this game is so heavily inspired by Inazuma 11, which is the uh, soccer, like, Pokemon-style RPG by Level 5 that came out, like, in 2008 or whatever for the DS. This game is so, like, exactly like Inazuma 11, and that game I really loved. Um, it's really good. It's definitely the kind of game that has such high degrees of polish. You're amazed it's made by a small Brazilian indie team. Like, the polish is out of this world. There's loads of unique animations. All of the character designs are great. They all have very archetypal characters. It's very, like, you know... I don't want to say kid-friendly, but it's very just, you know, family-friendly and the way it comes off. It's very much like Gumball, like a, it, like a cartoon network show. But it, I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. It's a little slow sometimes. The dialogue is very like anime. You know, it's very um, not in-depth, let's say. Um, it... it, it <sighs> If you watch cartoons and you watch anime, you'll get the dialogue, right? It's very surface-level stuff. People say puns all the time. You know, it's nothing extensive. But the characters have a lot of personality, and it's great. Um, And, of course, this, you know, this dodgeball uh, battle system is really interesting and really unique and fun. Um, it's, It's really charming as well. You just turn it on, and you're kind of wrapped in this little world. It's... 
a big surprise. I'm I'm really quite impressed by it. It's the type of game that I personally would love to make. Like it hits all of the notes of like what I would like. You know, a game inspired by anime and cartoons that is all about a, a, an arcade sports mechanic that takes place in a really pop art, wonderful looking school. Um, it's exactly like the type of game I would make. Um, so it's basically like. I'm playing something that is in my head. Uh, and it's on Game Pass, so I think people should check it out. I think I think maybe the writing might be a bit mind-numbing sometimes, especially maybe for you, Matt. You might get bored of it and stuff like that, but it's definitely worth giving it a check out. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's free. It's on, I'm really it's on Game Pass, so... Free real estate, free. baby. Have you uh, have you tried the, the language teaching mode? Ah, so yeah, no. I mean, I have, and... I just wanted to check it out, but this is the most unnecessary but amazing video game feature <laughs> that I have ever seen. So, of Hell course, yeah. it's it's inspired by you know Japan, right? These Brazilian developers obviously have a fascination for Japanese language and stuff like that, and they have this amazing, amazing mode that is so superfluous, and there's no need for it. It's not necessary at all, which is the language learning mode, which is basically every character has a, you know, it's like a comic book dialogue box that appears above their head, and there is lots of different languages because it's localized in, I think, about 10 or 15 different languages. Um, But they have this language learning mode that you can turn on, and you can play it in your language, and you can choose any other language... And you can have it appear at the bottom of the screen in a dialogue box so you can learn. And it even has like highlighting of keywords and different phrases. No way. Stuff. Yeah, it's... Holy it's, cow. It's like its own little language learning app. It's so weird that they added that in. There's like no, you know, there's no gameplay reason as to why. It just exists. I think obviously they were... Oh, God, I need to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Bless you. Eddie's not even here. I can smell him. Um, <laughs> no, I, it's just weird. Like, uh, what an interesting like mechanic. Why would you do that? Why would you? Uh, unless you your development is going so well that you're like, man, we'll stick in a language learning mode. <laughs> it's like such an odd thing. Um, what a weird, unique feature for something so unnecessary. Um, but it's really cool. I imagine one of them must have been learning languages and then just thought, I'm going to build myself a tool. And then they imported yeah. the tool into the game. Because why so, not? I mean, you can trigger dialogue so, at any time. Uh, you so, have a problem. so many people do learn languages through video games. It's it's they do. one of the, the most efficient ways to, to pick it up. If, it is. Um, Pokemon learning po- Japanese through Pokemon here is very popular. Very, very popular. Um, I, I, do you know what? If you've got Game Pass, and you, you know, you should give it a shot. If you like games like Pokemon or Inazuma 11 or even like Dragon Quest. Um, How would you not like Pokemon? Digimon and stuff like that. You know, it's very inspired by those. Did Dead or Alive, Extreme wow. Beach Volleyball. It's not that Japanese inspired. But there is a lot, and it's it's there's a lot of character to it. It's very very charming. Um, it's like a Saturday morning cartoon show for sure. Uh, those guys should be really proud of what they've made. It's the polish is off the scale as well, like the art and the animations and just how everything flows together. Like you move around the map, 
like you can walk around the map normally but if you don't want to do that you can turn into a dodgeball by folding the character up and then you can roll around the school instead and you could mash b to like go faster and faster it's all, there's a go lot fast. of yeah there's a lot of weird little nuggets in there um you know you can go around just challenging people to dodgeball matches unnecessarily you know and, and the whole school is themed around dodgeballs so there's a lot of weird stuff going on yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, very impressed by it, <laughs> I should Hell say. Hell yeah! But I didn't really get to play anything else. I, as I said, tried Curse of the Dead Gods a little bit. That has a unique thing. I did play The Ramp. You guys hear about this game? It's just called The Ramp. No. It's just called The Ramp. The Ramp. No. The Ramp. That's difficult to Google for. The Ramp. You gotta clarify that you're searching for the, the game, ramp. the ramp. The ramp. <laughs> the ramp, the game. The ramp, the game, the ramp. Okay, it's this looks like a small game yep. made by a small team. One person. That took a long time to make a game with bad graphics and that everyone's okay with that. Wait, what? It looks, it looks nice. It, it, well, you know what I mean. It's stylized. It's stylized. It's making the the most of, of, of a small budget. So the ramp is really sweet. It's like, what, $5, $4, price of a coffee or something? The ramp. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, so the person who made this um, has been, like, entirely open the entire time that they were making, like, a toy, essentially. Like, a skateboarding toy. It's this game that is not really a game. It's just three isometric uh different shapes of ramp like you have like a half pipe a pool and then a big ramp and you have uh, i think there's another pool as well and the whole idea is that that is the game you just skateboard these ramps and you just do tricks and you play with the physics and you it has a, a pretty unique control system where you use the two sticks to do stuff with the triggers it is nothing more than oh, a like toy. Skate. like Yeah, that. but like, you know, it's it's meant to be small, condensed, and nothing else to it. It's, it's, they're not going to update it. They just wanted to make it and release it. And I really like this idea of like people who make game experiments that are like highly polished toys. And this seems to be like the first of that. Of course, we get lots of game jam games and stuff like that that are small because of time constraints, but they're also super unpolished. Instead, this game is like a, a properly polished game, but is very condensed in its size. You know, it's literally just skateboarding for ramps. And that's it. And all you do is get better at skateboarding and try and get better tricks and stuff like that. It's got achievements, of course, but it's like $4. But, like, why would it be a bad thing to call a, a nice little small game a toy? I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think gamers, capital G gamers, gamers. have an issue with games not being the classification of games, right? long experiences that are worth your dollar no matter how many dollars you spend on it whether you get it free on game pass and it doesn't last 
12 hours or 15 hours or is like has a certain set amount of game modes or certain amount of these different things right we don't have even with indie games there's still an expectation that indie games last at least four to five to six hours right and they're of a high quality and they have good music and good animation and all these kind of things right there we don't have like these like when you're a kid and you get like a like a weird little toy that you play with for a little bit, you know, it doesn't cost as much as like buying a PlayStation, but you have something to mess around with. Um, I think that's what this is meant to be. It's just meant to be something you play for a short while, like four dollars. What is that? Nothing, right? Like the beer I'm drinking that we're just talking about here is like two dollars. I've had two of them. That's four dollars right there, right? And imagine just like spending your lunch times having a little play around with this really, uh, albeit like you know simple skateboarding game that i kind of like this idea of like not a movement but like this space where you know you can have really talented game creators that are making what is essentially toys um i think it's pretty good if you like skateboarding like i do i think you know it's kind of fun we're bereft of uh, good skateboarding games you know <laughs> considering skate 4 isn't out or whatever uh but no i think it's pretty cool to see these kind of things yeah. I, I hope we have more like game experiments that go beyond just being like game jam stuff and then people turn into you know short projects that get highly polished but they stay at that small scope they don't try to like the problem with game gems is they what they'll do is they'll be like oh our mechanic is great let's flesh out the mechanic and then they'll go into like a year-long project naming no names um and then you know it then isn't so much a game jam game anymore that was fun it becomes a, a proper game instead of you know spending a couple of months to make the art and the music and the, and the lighting and the mechanics of this really condensed well-scoped experience um and uh, uh like the big problem that you always hear about whenever a game gets canceled or shows up in a jason schreier book is that they they things got out of hand things got too big too many features got put on the list and they were never able to harmonize it with the rest of of either the game design or the time scale of the project they were working on uh yeah feature creep scope creep there's there's words that end in creep that refer to that stuff yeah 100 percent. i mean if you think triple a does that all the time like it, when it, when you're fighting tooth to nail at indie you know for every dollar um, and you do if you're not very good at scoping out stuff, or you're you're over scoping too much, it's just a disaster. But it's so, great to see where a game can have super tight mechanics like this does. Like it has a good skateboarding system that is fun to experience and play with. Um, not try to be any more than that. Why would this game need to build more skate parks, more different skateboards, different wheels, different customization? Uh, you know, do more mechanics and stuff like that when ultimately you're only ever really engaging in that core loop so there's not necessarily any need to have anything beyond that i'm with you i'm with you i just think mm. it's kind of sad a little bit that you have to like label it as a toy to get the message across and can't use a a, a, a word that that might be something that is used more often in the hardcore gaming community such as mini game or micro game because oh, like warioware sells sells fine i mean i well, don't know if you doesn't. would call uh <laughs> does it well no that's why we haven't had one for many years and only the new one has just been announced right it's it, it's 
I don't think the toy is derogatory towards this. I think micro game and mini game would be. Um, because they have bad connotations. I don't think toy has bad connotations. Video games ultimately are toys. They always have been. That's what yeah, they were marketed as back yeah, in the day. Which, that's kind of why it strikes me as weird that, that that word is getting used here for just like uniquely small or, or focused. Yeah, let's say focused for for a, a uniquely condensed video game. I don't I mean, I can play a game with with my dog and, and even if we're bopping a toy around hiding it under under my butt or something, it still counts as a game. Yeah, but I mean it's just it's just in the eyes of the beholder, isn't it? The the creator of the game has, you know, basically said they're making a toy for you to play with. And it essentially is like a little it's like a having a a tech deck, you know, those old like finger skateboards. It's like having a tech so, deck. So so back in the bad old days, the uh the gamer justification was if it was a game and not whatever gone home was, which was the argument back in the day. They were saying that you would have needed a fail state, which I don't necessarily think is true. Does the ramp have a fail state? Yeah, you crash and you respawn on top there of the ramp. There you go. Game. Game. But don't toys have fail states? For example, like in Mousetrap. If you drop uh, the not ball. Not all of them. Well, no. Mousetrap's a board game, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's a toy. <laughs> what, so what, what toy doesn't have a fail state? Uh, a ball. No, because it can pop. Oh, true. Well, no, because in, in, in Despacito, whatever it was called, you could still kick the ball around after it popped to get unique NPC reactions. <laughs> um, 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 what if you died while playing with the toy? Technically, then. Then, then your toy has a fail state. No, it was a fail state. <laughs> if your child dies while playing with this ball, the Dad and Sons podcast is not liable. <laughs> For for any death or serious injury that may occur if your child fails at playing with these toys, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think I think it looks cute. It is. I I for one am 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 all for shorter, more focused. Uh, with games with uh, stylized graphics made made by smaller teams that that take longer, and I'm not kidding. Is, I thought, is that it? You just say, I'm not kidding. And that's the end <laughs> of that sentence. That's the end of that sentence. That was very abrupt. This, this like, uh, like the game. It, I, it looks cute. It looks adorable. It's, fu it's, it's fun to play. It's $4. It is a toy. What more could you ask for? Yeah, $4, exactly. that's, that, that's such, such a good number. I like that number. I like the sound of that number. Mm -hmm. Would you spend $4 on the toy for Eddie? Absolutely. Would you spend four hundred dollars on a toy for Eddie? Absolutely. It depends on how bad he needs it, mm -hmm. but maybe. Would you spend four thousand dollars on Absolutely. a toy for Eddie? It depends on how bad he needs it, but maybe. <laughs> That's how you know he loves that fucking dog. He'll buy plastic. Yeah. He loves that fucking. No, I gotta buy like the the healthy plastic. No, no additives. No fatalites or whatever they call. It's this little like. Kong thing probably cost fourteen dollars, but but he still loves it to death. Um, yeah, they uh, they 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 have dog toys um, advertising the hell out of how healthy and, and toxic free and 
and uh, gluten-free, allergen-free, chemical-free, BPA-free, uh, uh, poo particle-free. Just don't buy the grain-free stuff, kids. That is, that's where I'm gonna gonna give people the uh, the, the the warnings on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I love this dog. We know. We know. I feel I feel bad saying that. <laughs> well, we know. You are like you're like a new parent who um, has had a baby, and they post nothing but like baby photos on Facebook, and then they get like extremely worried over every little thing wrong with the baby. Like, yeah, yeah. Like getting it used to the traffic <laughs> noises outside. Yeah. Whenever What's you gotta walk your baby to the pooping spot. What's wrong, little baby? Don't you worry about it. Dad is here. Don't you don't uh, has you Has he shit on the couch yet? No, he hasn't shit on the couch, but there were a couple accidents while figuring out his schedule. He uh he's he's peed on the carpet twice, but I feel like peeing on the carpet only twice, twice? over the course yeah, of a that's good not bad. long week while figuring out twice. a a new routine. It's twice not bad. It's not bad, yeah. especially for an apartment where you have to go down elevators and shit just to get the fucker mm. out. It's the most yeah. annoying yeah. thing having a dog inside of an apartment building. Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm 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 teaching him the routine. He is steadily starting to memorize it. Like he knows which parts of the floor, you know, you got to carry him and which parts he's not allowed to to walk on. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with his his record. I feel like twice over one week for a, a new apartment is a pretty good score to keep. What have you done, Liam? With this picture. <laughs> <laughs> the memes have started. Donks, the memes. Donks dance. <laughs> the memes have started. Now now I have multiple heads in the darkness now. <laughs> now we have to post a link in the description for the listeners. <laughs> Liam Liam took us a shot of the current setup. I did right now yeah the current yeah. Uh, it was when eddie was there uh, it was more meant to be about eddie but then people just love matt so yeah much okay that is man is so loved by the people you just don't even tell me when you take a picture so i'm just like in the corner of the screen just kind of like oh hey guys how you doing well, you don't have your makeup well, I mean, on i don't I have my makeup on no. for, i was pressed for like the time because i was trying to get a good shot of eddie um, but he, he, like George, kept like dropping him down from the webcam a little bit, so I had to wait. Well, I, I'm gently placing him down. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Trying my darndest. <laughs> so what's up, guys? How you, how you got? And now Matt is just like the four kings. How you, how you guys doing? Mentally okay? It's been a long two minutes actually, but yeah, no, I I think uh, you guys will know that I have been working very hard recently. Um, it's it's getting better and better every every time you you tell us new. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. so it's all worth like, it. I really, hope at the end it is worth it. Oh my God, Liam, get that doubt out of your mind. That's just gonna. Whew, people are gonna be like, "Damn, damn, damn son. Liam's a real one." We still can't be specific, though, can we? No, not yet. I yeah, apologize. Okay. Let me go ahead and mark this stuff down. Well, we're not just in case something slips. Just in case, yeah. you can tease. Yeah, we we're just teasing. We're just teasing. So Liam is building a full fledged. <laughs> <laughs> 
Rocket. Real sex robots. <laughs> yeah, My he's own actually sex going eggs. into the hentai genre. Partnership. And partnership with David Cage. And, wait, wait, no, I'm I'm just acting up on the business idea we made the other day together. Yeah, yeah, the the the, t- the one tango. that will get you all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so the plan is we're gonna get you both over to Japan, and we're starting a business together, right? Yeah. Well, there, there's three Don't of us. Don't joke, involved. Liam. I'll yeah. go over there. Mm-hmm. I will get Eddie a mm-hmm. visa. <laughs> Eddie needs his passport renewed. Eddie needs his passport. He needs his vaccine passport too. He has like multiple knocks on his door, and Liam's just like, "Ah, oh, guys." I like you guys from afar. <laughs> Eddie wait, gets deported. Uh, uh, wait, I was only joking. <laughs> what are you doing here? I always remember the time I went to meet George from the Shinkansen. Like, and it just George in real life traipsing towards me through the train <laughs> barriers. And I'm like, oh, there he is. <laughs> that was your thought. I was how, like, how, how, this man's going to stay with me. He's He's got a big, a lot of baggage with him here. Why Why was there like the hesitation beforehand? Why Why didn't you sound happier? I was, I was super happy, actually. I remember I was really, really excited. Before. Because we'd met prior. And then, no. and that was before we started Dad and Sons. We'd spend some time together. And then the next time I saw you was after we'd started Dad and Sons. When we streamed playing Smash with Matt. Um, and, and, and I remember finishing up the Hitman 2 review later that yeah, night you were, on you your were floor. in my apartment. <laughs> yeah. And I had to just sit there. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this YouTuber do his YouTube things. And Liam, I kinda, I'm going to need silence for, yeah. for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I could literally see behind the curtain. And I was like, yep. YouTube is just as dumb as anything else because he's just recording in this tiny Japanese apartment. There's nothing professional about this whatsoever. <laughs> I'm sure many people still clicked on Skillshare.com slash bunnyhop or whatever it was back. <laughs> Ridgewallet.com slash dad sons. Ah, <laughs> uh, we've gone through the we've gone through the times together, haven't we, boys? Anyways, now we're gonna dog was... in the family. That that was that was a derail. There was a more important topic, wasn't there? There was, and I forgot. Oh, <laughs> I forgot. oh we're we were gonna go into business. So what we're gonna do? Well, yeah, we're going into business together. Yes, starting Liam. a business. We filled out all the paperwork and got our <laughs> lawyers together. What is it? What is our business, Matt? Would you like to inform the people? Yeah, yeah. So um, we're gonna release uh, eggs, right? But oh, we're doing yeah. that that thing. Yeah, free for the community. Uh, actually, um, modeled big, big after. eggs for men's legs. Yeah, and you'd be able to plug it into the game, and they're all going to be NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> and if <laughs> and you could successfully beat the game, we'll send you a real egg that you can. Uh... Is there is there a female version for the Tengu Tengu eggs or Tenga eggs? Yeah. Tengu. They've existed for a long time. I've never seen the DNA. Actually, I'm going to look this up now. Is it Tenga? them in Texas, because Ted Cruz. Or Tengu. Ted Cruz. Tenga. Tenga They must be a pun on Tengu. You think that's how they came up with the name? No. It's a big demon nose. Men's. They're selling men's sex toy. There are men's health items. I don't want to leave the women out. You buy them next to the shaving cream in the grocery store. I don't want to leave the women out. Women? Women? 
dude i shit you not it was so it was such a like growing moment i felt like i grew 10 years older when i saw tengas for sale in the japanese grocery store and in the men's health aisle i felt really weird having to tell my japanese girlfriend what they were she had no idea what they were I'm like, well, had, wait, has she what? been walking past them in the grocery store her whole life? Well, it's not in the grocery store. It's in the, like, drugstores, right? I swear I saw them in a Donkey when yeah, I was, like, donkey, picking yeah, up some, some you could shaving probably cream buy drugs or something. In donkey. donkey is the shadiest place ever. <laughs> that is not how it felt to me. <laughs> Don- <laughs> donkey is so shady. It's really, I that's that is surprising <gasps> to me. I've Donkey felt learned... like I was in a Kroger wait, or something. Wait, breaking news! I've just found out what Tenga's mo- uh, Tenga's like uh, brand motto is. Oh boy! The best pun ever. Okay. Oh boy! It's oh a boy. it's a pun on a Beatles song. Oh, okay. Love me Tenga. Oh my god! Instead of love me tender. Oh my god! Uh... Love me Tenga. How brilliant is that? That uh, that that took some thought, I guess. That's why we have uh, a big job ahead of us tackling what must be a market share of ninety nine percent by Tenga. So so the Adam and Eve sponsorships getting taken up to the next brand. We're we're making dad holes now. Um, yeah, totally real official announcement. <laughs> That is not real. Please forget everything I just said, guys. Um, yeah, dad holes. That's our that's our business, isn't it? Oh boy, boy, um, boy. I'm gonna uh... I'm gonna run to the bathroom super quick, and then we'll do some terrible news stories is this, is this for all the dads out there. Dad holes. Oh, why did I? Why did I... Um, yeah, let's let's make it happen. You can buy official dad. <laughs> I can't even say it. it. Sounds so gross. Oh. <laughs> please don't leave us, listeners. Please, it's just a joke. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe George said that with a straight face. How did he do that? <laughs> George is not here, man. Oh my god! Mm. I I still look at these eggs and I'm just like, how does this work? <laughs> <laughs> do I put it somewhere, or do I? <laughs> I feel like ordering one and like trying to like unwrap it and figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you order from adamandeve.com slash bunnyhop, you'll get discreet shipping, and your roommate will never know what you order Man, at all. Well, that's what him. they do in Japan, right? They give you the black bags. <laughs> they give you black bags, and everybody in Japan knows black bags, something dodgy in there. And I felt well, really, I felt really shamed when I bought a video game from a game store, like, a month ago. And it the must guy, have been the Vita aisle. And the guy put the, the game in the black bag, and I was like, no, oh, no, now I have to walk out oh, with this well, black I mean, bag. Oh, if, no. By Japanese standards, though, just how incredibly shady would it have to be to get the black bag? I mean, usually it's sex items. 
That's what it but, is. But, you know, in, in Japan, they're a little more uh, uh, open and tolerant about they that are, stuff, which, right? Yeah, right? But, it's, it, it, but that's why the black bag is synonymous with, you know, sex items. <laughs> Therefore... Oh, sorry, Eddie. <sighs> the man. Sorry, I was bouncing the toy around and it booped him. Anyways, sorry, continue. Sex items in Japan. <laughs> I, think, I think that's it. Sex items. In Japan. Sexy items. I've never bought one. I've never bought really? one. Really? Never. You've lived there for six years, uh, and the only black bag you brought home to the girlfriend had a video game I in it. I've never bought a sex item either. No. Uh, I've never bought a sex item. I've been with friends who have bought Tengas for a joke. Oh, sure, sure. No, yeah, yeah, of course they go and then use it, because that's what men do. <laughs> but I personally have never. Men's help. I have never purchased one. I, I don't get the appeal, though. I seriously do not also, get the appeal from fleshlights or tanga eggs. Yeah, yeah. The fleshlight, that's a that's Not so to judge weird. anyone. I'm pretty sure you guys have a nice collection out there. But, uh, but how <laughs> embarrassing, right? How embarrassing, regardless of what, you know, sexual orientation you are, you go to pick up a tanga and you walk to the aisle and then you walk to the register and you just... you. you you just drop it down on the on the, on the counter, oh, and you look the person who is going to sell it to you in the eye, <laughs> and they know what you're going to do with it, and you right. know that they know what you're going to exactly. do with it. Exactly, it's it's mortifying. It's absolutely so, mortifying, and especially if it's someone who potentially is of the opposite sex or of the same sex that you are attracted to, and how awkward that must be. So this is why you go to adamandeve.com slash bunnyhop and and order your Tenga eggs at at, uh, whatever the number percent off is with discreet shipping and a no-hassle 90-day return policy so that if you're still embarrassed in the privacy of your own home with no one else involved, you can send it back to adamandeve.com for a full money-back refund. (laughs) Yeah. Me and Matt and make that, no money from that. Yeah. So have what you wish. <laughs> and if everything you just heard sounds like an absolute existential nightmare, Eggs. just wait until you hear about the Titanfall fan community this week. Whoa. No. no. <laughs> Zynga. Oh, man. Tenga. So, yeah, this story, there's a, there's a Kojima conspiracy going on with, oh, with Abandon. Oh, God, let that there's go. There's an absolute horrifying nightmare going on with the Activision lawsuits. But if you like uh, maybe slightly less of a nightmare, less lesser stakes for EA, they, they're, they're sweating over this, but not as much as Activision is sweating. And if you also like Kojima plots, because boy, oh, boy, is this one of them. A uh, Titanfall stole the news, my attention for the news segment this week. There's an absolutely crazy story going around right now involving Titanfall cheaters and a shocking Kojima twist that is just the most surreal, mind-boggling, baffling thing I've, I've read in weeks. So you guys have have heard, I, I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast, but it has been impossible to avoid mentioning and hearing how Titanfall and Apex Legends are both having bad problems with cheaters these days, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Specifically Titanfall 1, right? Yeah. Titanfall 1 and uh, 2, a lot of fans <clears throat> will like say they are quote-unquote borderline unplayable. 
uh, oftentimes on, on several bad days these days because of uh, DDoS attacks, denied, distributed, denied, denial of service, and uh, cheaters and uh, 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 bots getting loaded into the match. There's a very uh, uh, weird exploit where if a player's name is too long and has too many um, special characters in the name and too many of those players with too long, too complicated names all join in at once, it'll just crash the whole server down. This has been going on for months. And way back in April, Eurogamer did an interview with a person whose alias was Red Shield, they were the founder of one of the oldest and biggest Titanfall fan communities out there. This interview was specifically about how bad the um, cheating in the community was. At the end of the interview, Red Shield requests that uh, Respawn solve the issue permanently by opening up the community, uh, opening up the server tools to the community, giving, quote, giving us access and control over the Titan One Fall ser Titanfall 1 servers with permission to moderate ban users and, if I can be so bold, to even mod the game, perhaps just for one server." End quote. Uh, fast forward a couple months, and uh, uh, another big figure in the Titanfall community has ended up alleging that that guy being interviewed was the hacker all along. Bom, 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 bom. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, in 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 early July, um, the uh, the the Apex Legends hacking was was getting to a point where when you would try to queue into a match, a little pop up message would say, "Titanfall One is being attacked. So is Apex. Go to SaveTitanfall.com and let your voice be oh, heard by Respawn Entertainment to fix the problem once and for all." A month after that, uh, on August 5th, a uh, big data dump appeared on SaveTitanfall.com that included a bunch of screenshots purportedly showing um, someone sharing screen names, both with, with Red Shield and the, uh, the, the, the hacker in question, something like, like John Doe or John Trump or, or a, very, a John something generic name like that. The guy was playing both sides using both of these accounts to simultaneously hack the game while also like demanding that their fan community or the ones who can be in charge of fixing the game should respawn hire this guy. And other leaked discord conversations it was also shown that this guy had aspirations to revive a cancelled version of titanfall that was going to be free to play and rely on microtransactions and release only in asian markets called titanfall online that um ea and respawn were supposedly partnering with nexon to put out before it got cancelled this guy who was spreading sheets and attacks and, and organizing ddos attacks and and teaching other people how to use the exploit and gathering people together into the Save Titanfall website with the Save Titanfall Discord was apparently the same one all along to to be be spreading these these chat cheats and hacks in the first place. Um, a lot of this information comes from some infighting within the Titanfall hacking community, which is such a weird sentence to say, as well as a YouTuber called Upper Echelon Gamers who got involved with them and put out some some of this information as well. But the I, the guy's scheme was was so incredibly convoluted 
and stupid and bad, and and some of the the infighting that he was doing with other hackers in the community escalated into a rivalry enough to where other voices wanted to come out and expose this, to the point where where this is this is this is the news this week. What do you guys think? Holy shit, <laughs> wacky, right? Uh, I always forget. I mean. I always forget that games have such strong communities behind them. Regardless, you might just play a game once and be like, yeah, it was good fun. But then for like 10 years after that, there will have been a solid community where that is their game. And then this is the kind of drama that happens behind it. It's kind of mad and also hilarious. It's so mad. And and one of the things that twists the knife even harder is that in some of these exposed chat logs, the uh, the hacker apparently like like said some some secret clandestine opinions about how they actually don't give that much of a shit about Titanfall, and we're basically just social engineering all of these the the random kids who saw the message and fell for it along the way, like. Like, he he engineered the community of, like, real fans who actually give a shit, made all of them, made their actual favorite game so much harder to play for the past few months to fulfill their own incredibly delusional desires to, to use this as leverage to get a job interview at Respawn and revive a canceled free version of the game. It's... It's crazy... That is pretty crazy. What would happen at an actual job interview if a hacker who thought they were doing something in the spirit of some sort of fan community activism, like what would happen if this guy actually showed up at a job interview with uh, with Respawn? How How awkward of a situation would that be for everyone or would it be pretty fun for the people giving the interview to jostle him around and fuck around with him a bit? <sighs> I mean, it depends. People get way too much into certain things, right? What do they gain? That's what. That's what. That's always what I wonder. Like Titanfall One, how many people are playing that game now? Okay, according to Steam charts, there's uh, twelve people playing it right now while we're recording. <laughs> Ten of them are hackers. Uh. I, I I don't. Apart from, of course, mischief and like just being an ass, causing anarchy. What What do you gain? really from just messing things up for people apart from to say you can not really sure yeah. like what kind of kick must you get from being like being interviewed about it and being like we must do this and then actually being the person who's causing the whole thing the whole yeah, time they were like under an alias doing a fake interview with with fake quotes like i i have some a lot of some complicated mixed feelings on this on the one it's like Shouldn't Eurogamer have vetted this guy? On the other hand, if the guy was good enough at covering his identity, I can totally understand why Eurogamer would fall for it. On the other hand, the thing he's gaining might just plain old be attention. In which case, should I have really brought this this story up? On the other case, it's like... I, I, I feel like this is such... Like, it's, it's also kind of a symptom of, of maybe gaming communities feeling way too entitled to uh the the a, a 10 year old game that only 12 people are playing that they feel like they have some sort of control over by feigning love for it hmm that's true 
Yeah, I, I just don't get it. What do you gain? That's, uh, that's it. Like, if you, at Titanfall 2, and they had 100,000 players, and you were this hot shit hacker who was messing things up for people, then maybe. Also, uh, what would you gain when they come after you? Respawn yeah. have more money than you will ever have in your life. And if Respawn devs are sick and tired of it, and they choose to come after you, they will. And they won't let you live it down. And I, I, I don't know if the guy in question has done this, but I was in, in the YouTuber's summary of this news. They were talking about how other people in this community involved were selling hacks. And that's the line where if you cross it, they can then prosecute you for it. Yeah. <coughs> and then what? What's the, oh, oh, look, you've just paid like $50,000 to $100,000 in damages for what? So you could have 12 people <laughs> on Titanfall have a bad time. <coughs> And the other thing is that if they are in it for the notoriety <coughs> and the fame and the attention, uh, once you get that, what next? Yeah, what, what do you next? do with that? What do you do afterwards? Because you can't say it was you. Like, can't say it was or really you. At least you. you shouldn't. You could say it <laughs> your was your internet. Your should tell you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> you say it was your internet username. <sighs> so weird. There's been a, um, uh, I don't know if I want to say similar story, but the one things that, that, that I think connect the dots between this and, and the other story I was thinking of is when um, the uh, Sherlock Holmes game had a conflict with their publisher earlier this year. I think it was called Frogware. Yeah. And Frogware ended up releasing an unauthorized pirated version of the game of that used these pop-up messages. Another incredibly crazy story, but might be little... That that one might not have been written by Kojima like this one might have. But the two things they share were that the hackers from the actual game publisher were using as the security vulnerability were those little pop-ups that uh, show up when you load up a multiplayer game. And there'll be a little window giving you server news. In the Titanfall games case, what they were doing was um, making that little pop-up say, go to savetitanfall.com to keep save the game from being destroyed by hackers who are unless, actually us right now unless they have some like weird like like really dumb thought that they were like if we hack our own game maybe respawn will care again about said game and maybe yeah. we'll get more features and more things and stuff i think that was actually that was the dumb plan that this guy legitimately thought he would have been driving up interest in Titanfall enough by funneling concerned players towards something that looked like like yeah. a, a petition, which is still an incredibly it's wacky dumb. way to try. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it's a very idiotic, convoluted way of drawing attention to your a, game. A really convoluted way to try and draw attention to a game with a hacker problem by encouraging that the hackers get hired at the developer of the game. But it has been other people's dumb plans before. In 2004, the German hacker who leaked Half-Life 2 ahead of time, might have been 2003, he got arrested from a sting operation and they used a fake job interview as the bait. Uh, so, so I, I guess when hackers do really bad things... Wait, a, yeah, that is... Like, a, a classic 90s hacker movie happy ending is like, oh, you're so good at hacking, we'll hire you to do our security. But, uh, 
I, I do, is that how it still works? Not really. Because we were doing the uh, the story about the Blizzard recruiters making penetration jokes, and it was like pin testing. The word testing was there. The idea being that they were giving hackers consent to penetrate into their, their networks as a test rather than, than a weird social engineering fan campaign to revive a uh, probably also not going to be very popular version of the game that was going to be released only in Asian markets for, for microtransactions. It's <sighs> weird. Sometimes gamers will do weird things. Uh, Matt, you got any, any thoughts on that one? Nah. <laughs> why, uh, do, why do people care so much? Because eh? yeah. I, I guess they, they don't know that getting a job is not a who can pull the sword out of the stone the hardest contest sort of deal when it comes to network security jobs and hacking jobs and uh uh i i i i wanted to also talk about a story wired put out uh, about a week ago regarding japanese arcades closing down because i do know matt loves the japanese arcades right right definitely do uh according to the reporter in wired um there are arcades closing down by the tens if not hundreds nowadays 22,000 of them in the 1990s 4,000 by 2019 uh the writer was um getting in touch with some figures in the Japanese FGC community who have uh, gone on quotes saying that they need to shut down their satellite locations. Um, FGC community arcade operators who are having to close down satellite arcades, uh, move to smaller venues to host their arcades, and completely shuffle around their, their fighting game schedule, as has happened in the West as well. The writer also points to a blog um, that keeps track of Japanese arcades and how uh, many of them have a little red stamp next to them saying that they're closed down. And when you go to this blog's homepage, sure enough, about you know, just over half the entries on the page have that little red stamp next to them. Uh, so what, the, uh, a yeah. lot of the ones that we went yeah. to are closed? A couple of them. We We did cover one big arcade closure in Akihabara earlier this year. And what this news story is doing is summing up some closures from some smaller ones. Yeah. And also giving quotes like behind forever, the, the not just for COVID. People. They're closing forever. Why? Damn. That's the assumption. You know, assuming that the, the markets that assuming that the uh arcades are packed shoulder to shoulder if slash when COVID's ever over, uh, maybe that'll, that'll mean there's a market for more arcades to open back up. I, I, yeah. I love VR. I actually went. I love, I love gaming at home. I love all that. But there's something about going to an arcade and being around people that I kind of need. Yeah. I actually went. I went to one for the first time in about two years uh, last weekend. Um, I was just, I went, I went to Kyoto Station and I was just walking around and I went into the local mall and the Namco, one of the big Namco arcades in Kyoto is over there. So so had, how does it look? Is is this what you're st- observing? Still super busy, right? And it's really? kind of a bit daunting. Okay, so that's that's game, good contrast to the, the dire yeah, reporting. But these, a lot of them are closing down. There's only one open. Yeah, these are game centers that are more hybrid entertainment centers. They have some arcade games. They definitely had, you know, mostly the rhythm stuff that is always popular. 
Uh, they only had one fighting game, and that was Tekken 7. They did have the big, Oof. like, uh, popular Battle Royale um, online stuff that is, like... Uh, how to explain that? Arcade-only in Japan team-based Battle uh, Royale stuff. There's a Gundam one, and there's a JoJo one. Uh, oh, there's yeah. a JoJo one now? There's a JoJo one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really good, actually. I had to go. Uh, but, you know, the rhythm stuff. But then most of it's all Purikura and just um, UFO uh, catches. It's, it's entertainment Purikura, stuff. that's... Um, the picture That's taken. the photo booth, right? Yeah, the ka- kawaii yeah. picture taken. Yeah, and, and even when, when Matt and I were going back in the day, that stuff was always kind of kind of top-loaded. You could tell that probably the majority of their business was coming from the the photo booths and prize grabbers on the bottom floors than the traditional video games on the upper floors yeah so 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 what 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 about the rest have you seen closures like mentioned in the article uh no i mean uh, the ones that always stand out are the ones in tokyo right in akihabara because that's the most famous place but why would you go to Akihabara to play game center stuff? <laughs> it's just if you're a, a dumb tourist like yeah, us. Yeah, but that's it. That's it. And the only people I see talking about it really are tourists who are like, oh, Akihabara. You know, I really know about that place. <laughs> and of course, it's like it's the most generic tweets about Japan or whatever. Um, I haven't really heard anything about Japan, but of course they're dwindling. Like they, they it's Japan is going through what America went through, which is eventually those things are going to come to an end or they're going to have to evolve and it, they become more like entertainment places stuff that has like you know the the more sport based stuff like throwing hoops you know free shooting and stuff like that or like skits. batting cage mini yeah, games batting cages, you know but we have spot in japan which is you know yakuza mini games real life yakuza yeah, yeah, mini yeah. games and that is like you know some arcades are adopting having that we do have spot and spot is you know round one which is sports-based arcade places anyway uh so they're gonna have to evolve i think stuff like rhythm games is always going to be popular in japan and then you're going to have some stuff like the gundam game and you know jojo which are popular only in japan but i think they are going to close hardcore places that are only for fighting games or only for yeah fighting games (laughs) (laughs) you know those hardcore old places that have like Darius shooters and and uh, you know older arcade stuff, Danger to Go and all that, they are going and dying. And I was I was wondering if that actually is going to, I, I guess it sounds like less a big a deal to Japanese people who may be like you know accepting the inevitability of it versus tourists who will regard Japanese arcades as one of the quirky dots on the list to go in the first place. As weird as it is to think about, Japanese arcades get mainstream attention in Western pop culture, and uh, and and Bill Murray, Lost in Translation, Bill Murray spends a minute or two wandering around the arcades. There's a there's an episode of King of the Hill where uh, uh, Bobby develops a romantic rivalry against um, Japanese school kids playing DDR. Uh, and if if those things go, if that might like like actually impact how much mainstream normies want to go, if there might just be one less less item on the list for more more for tourists than than locals to uh, 
uh, circulate some surgery money into the Japanese economy with there, their, their it, tourism it, like, fun bucks. Japan still exists in a place where there are dem- like there are entire demographics of people that are different from other people, right? It's otakus and stuff like that. And unfortunately, normal people don't want to go to those places because the people who go to arcades <laughs> in Japan are very specifically types of people that people do not want to interact with. <laughs> It, it, it's wow. like it's that's just unfortunately Damn. the the stigma these guys get right and to be honest th- those people don't necessarily want normal people <laughs> coming into their arcade and filling up machines and being around Damn. yeah it's like a, a normie nerdy rivalry huh the, yeah. the article did mention about how, like, some arcade regulars would gradually, like, like develop a turf that was theirs, well, where they will, like, play Third Strike um, in uh, in Matsuda's arcades here. But if if you if you're like really hardcore Melty Blood or something, you you'd hang out in a different slice of territory further down the street. Um. But yeah, I, I mean, like, like drawing a line between like normies and and shut-ins with no life sounds like an even harsher territorial division that these these businesses developed that I hadn't really thought about before. And it sucks to kind of find that out because, like, as a t- dumb tourist, the the like romanticism I was seeing, where where you like see all the girls on dates go to the the prize grabber machines and the photo booths on the bottom, like like the heartwarming message I got in my heart when seeing the crowded Japanese arcades and how busy and crowded they were was, oh, this is what people do on their Friday nights, yeah. they they walk to a place and spend coinage. Nope. <laughs> and then walk to a train station and go back home. No. Like maybe really? you go, No, maybe like maybe in the eighties or the nineties. Well in that's Japan, what going to never Japan re- feels like. No, like No, it's 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 karaoke, it's uh it's beers and mm. it's bars and nightclubs. So it's, it's the, the same, same as the US it's, basically. Yeah. And like arcades maybe as I said, like round one, like Spotcha and stuff like that. I saw game centers are popular. I saw some regular only... people in there though. There were yeah, yeah, yeah. old men like, in there. Well, well yeah, okay, like, yeah. like whoa, completely whoa, different yeah. demographics <laughs> than. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You got the two types of game center. You have the ones that are like older arcades, like the original what you envision an an arcade to be like where it has old game cabinets and fighting games and stuff like that. And then you have what is the new Game Center. And Game Center is places like the Namco Arcade and some of the Sega ones where you have UFO catchers and Purikura and sports-based arcade machines. What about rhythm games? Alongside rhythm games. Yeah, Yeah, no, and Mm -hmm. then rhythm games are the other popular ones. Yeah, really popular. The typical, like, dwindling of, like, fighting games and also, like, shoot-em-ups... And, uh, you know, other arcade titles, you know, those are harder and harder to find. Hmm. You know? Damn. Play fighting games (laughs) online, right? Like, you only would need to go to an arcade if you didn't have access to it. And, like, back in the day, that was a very real thing. But now you can just go home and play online versus people. When Japan finds Parsec, it's going to be rough. Well, Unity just bought Parsec, so that's interesting. Whoa. Yeah. What are they going to do with it? 
allow game developers to be able to test online services without making them online or test local multiplayer without having to be in the same room i don't know so that stuff would be like natively built into the menus yeah well the api would at least that would be cool (laughs) yeah yeah exactly that's uh, that's why they bought it i imagine (laughs) so let's move on to some listener questions which yeah. uh, you can participate in by sending some in to dad and sons podcast at gmail.com. With every read out question, we send you a free Tenga sex act. Oh my gosh. I, I, I feel like there should be some fine print disclaimers at the bottom <laughs> of, of the audio people are listening to, <laughs> uh, exclaiming that uh, it, it might actually just be air instead. Yeah, Tenga brand air that we'll send you. <laughs> No, you um, open it and you get t- 10 pictures and a calendar of Eddie. Oh, dude. What if we sell an Eddie calendar? What if we sell a dad and son's calendar and then we have three months of each of us and then we just have nine months of Eddie? Of Eddie. Why Why you look so scared? What's wrong, boy? Because he heard why calendar you? and was like, you ain't taking any photos of me. He heard me say Eddie a couple times, and now he's, like, looking up at me with terrified dog eyes, and I just, you know, I, I, I want nothing more in the universe oh than for Eddie to be happy and to get his male confidence back, you know? What do you want from me? I want I want Eddie to puff his chest out and, and know that, that the eyes are on him for good reasons instead of bad reasons. <laughs> I want Eddie to, to get his swagger back, you know? Oh, boy. It sounds like you're you're talking talking internally george the monologues w- what do you mean i'm i'm just projecting my problems onto this dog of course not this dog has his own problems mm. okay okay uh a- anyways anyways listener questions yes yes right uh first up we got iggy here saying what's a game that was very influential on you when you were younger whether it influenced you or made you think or have close memories or hit you in the feels but nowadays you generally wouldn't recommend it to other people and why too human. No, I'm just okay. <laughs> Guild Wars 2. <laughs> yeah, actually, maybe. What, what do you think of that one, no, Matt? No, I can't say that. Um, call. Yeah, because your last tweet was <laughs> yeah, like I... uh, celebrating the new. <laughs> no, <laughs> the new no Colin, Colin uh, mentioned me. Uh, I did this like meme with him uh, way back when I had a mohawk. And. Um, there was uh, everyone was talking about a Cantha expansion uh, for Guild Wars two years ago, and he was like the head designer back then. And I would I told him I was like, all right, so I'm gonna do this interview. So every time I ask a question that you can't answer, just look at me like you're annoyed, and a blank stare. And then, so every time I ask Cantha, he would just look at me, and he just played along with me the whole time. I love I I. There were some really cool developers on that team. It was just, it was just, I miss those days. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I tweeted that out. So no, I think I still think Guild Wars Two is, uh, is a decent game. I just don't play it because MMOs are a little bit tiring. That's it. <laughs> this is cool. I'm watching the video. Matt getting called out still by the Guild Wars Two yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's so a cool. flashback, dude. When he sounds like, oh shit, he remembers. Yeah. It was and there was a content creator. You could look up some memes uh, uh, of my face being on his face, 
<laughs> there's, there's a picture of that. Be it's like, a little weird. Daddy made you some content. Daddy made some content. Open wide. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, what? Let me think a little bit. What about you guys? Good question. Hmm. There's probably like some... I mean, I wouldn't really tell anybody to go play like Ocarina of Time now. Yeah, I was about to do Ocarina, but I'm not going to yeah. do Ocarina here. I think a kid That's could still easy. get something yeah. out of it. Especially if they were playing the 3DS version. They'd be fine. I, I was going to do the Jedi Knight games. Oh. When I was a, an adolescent turning into a teenager, I played... That was my multiplayer addiction for those years. I got into modding. I got into map making. Most of what I know about, like, actually sitting down with game development tools and working on a game development and, and like, airbrushing a mustache onto a, a face that's, like, stretched out all flat and disgusting on a JPEG, I know from working on Jedi Knight 2 and Jedi Academy. I was, like, helping organize clans and guilds and stuff, like, a lot of... Like, like computer skills I got from that, weird internet people skills I got from that, uh, like a lot of good, like, like kid using Photoshop for the first time sort of skills. It was hugely influential on me, and if anyone ever goes back and plays those games, there might be a few fun moments of lightsaber combat to have, but I bet the rest of the experience would be utterly mediocre, because, uh... It was such such a like non-stylized baseline tech demo style video game that I doubt they've aged that well. Yeah. But um, I would not be doing this if I hadn't I spent I think probably like early versions like I wouldn't really suggest somebody to go play like Smash Brothers Brawl or something mm. even though that game is incredibly influential to me. Um I I, I... I wonder if Oblivion is on that list. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that's pretty rough. Have you heard of the high I elves? I love Oblivion, but <laughs> if I were to play it now, I know I'd be like, you know? The potato faces. Yeah. It's pretty rough. It's sort of amazing. Uh, I just, just my lo- like love of those at that era of games. There was a gif of Oblivion that went around the other day of someone playing, and it was a guy in lava, and he's like, "Oh God, help me! Oh God!" And then you know you trigger the dialogue, and he's like, "Hello, how are you?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking with the other NPC, and the other NPC is like, "I'm fine. How about you?" Oh my God, <laughs> this is classic. No, I'm good, thank you. And then like the lava like blows him up into the air, and he's like, "Goodbye." <laughs> it's just Oblivion has so many of those moments. It's uh. It's so funny. Yeah, it's really it's good. It's great. Uh, yeah. But probably not recommended. <laughs> There's so many games out there. There's so many indie games out there, to be honest, that you should probably give your money to. And, like, when thinking on how, like, like much of these boxes Ocarina ticks, like, in terms of being hugely influential, but also definitely outdated nowadays, what what has replaced it? In your guys' mind, because I, I do have a hard time thinking about what might have taken the place of that one when thinking about how many indie games have done AAA stuff better since those days. It's so and, weird. And I feel like we're in a really weird position. I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking. Right? I, I, when I was younger, for me, it just like there were games coming out 
all the time, right? And you just had, like, it, it felt, I don't know, like, every game was kind of special in its own way, yeah. right? But there were so many of them. Dark Souls took it. So, like, the other day... Dark Souls took it. You know, yeah, maybe but, when thinking about, like, classic arc action the, adventure... The, the, yeah, yeah, but there was, like, an expectation, right? And now we're in this moment where indie game budgets are becoming a certain <laughs> size... Where that size is now what the equivalent of making a normal video game in the early 2000s, late 90s really was. So, mm-hmm. like, there is that new, um, I can't remember exactly what the name is, Retro Bomb Future thing, which is the Jet Set Radio inspired game by the guys who did Lethal League. It was just in their new uh, Nintendo Indie World Direct yesterday. Um, and, you know, that game is. Jet Set Radio. It is a Jet Set Radio inspired sequel for sure, right? And that looks incredible because it's from an indie team. But actually, in actuality, it's essentially just what video games were like in the late, the early 2000s coming from these teams. Like indie budgets have now become the size of what normal teams were. And we're in this weird zone where celebrating a game that looks exactly like a video game that already came out just because we've got to a point where teams like that of a smaller size can create quality like that. It's kind of interesting. It kind of is special, but also denigrates a little bit like video games in general. Like we've lowered our standards, not our standards for quality, but we are like video games were a certain thing. And now, you know, Indie games are only just sort of catching up to what was the norm a little bit. Not in terms of, like, actually being fun and stuff like that, but, like, the size and the visuals and and stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting to think how we're kind of just going in a full circle. Like, indie is going to be what the size of what those companies were. Like, what was the size of the team that made Jet Set Radio? I can't, I can't imagine it was that big. Or the team that made Res, you know? Um, and you think indie teams are just going to be that big, like 10 to 15 people who, and then we're going to be doing the whole cycle again. <laughs> Do you think there will ever be a day where a small team is able to make something like Red Dead Redemption 2? No, no. Ever. In no. all of human history. No. Even though indie teams are able to do Jet Set Radio nowadays. Not Red Dead Redemption, no. Hmm. You're talking about like a scale incredibly different to something like jet set radio right like we yeah, can see yeah, like we get a lot tools, of like you know we're getting we're getting costs. games that we're getting games that were inspired by doom right like the guys right. who made like ultra kill and stuff like that we're getting games and, and that doom are inspired, would be an indie game if it came out now we're getting games inspired by thief we're getting games inspired by jet set radio we're getting games inspired by um you know, like Red Faction Guerrilla and stuff like that. And we're getting, you know, games inspired by Guitar Hero. And we're getting all all of these games that are basically like spiritual successes to games that already came out by smaller teams. But we're not going to ever see something like The Last of Us or something like that. That tech is far beyond (laughs) just manpower alone, right? And I think Red Dead Redemption is in that case too. There will always be the triple A bracket. Mm -hmm. But the, the line of double A and the line of indie is as close as I think it'll ever be before indie just becomes double A again. And, like, I think you look at Jet Set Radio, yes, it's made by Sega and stuff like that, and at the time it was a big release, but if that game was to release now, it would be an indie game. 
Hence this, this bomb futuristic game, right? Like, so we are in this weird space now where a lot of indie is becoming double A or what was double A at that time. And, and it's kind of like, it's kind of frustrating for a lot of indie developers because you think of something like Everhood that Matt talked about today and Dodgeball Academia, like the production money and team size is entirely different. And they're both classified as indie, but one is much more closer to a double A game that is reminiscent of like a level five RPG like Inazuma 11 and stuff like that. Whereas the other one is more like Undertale, which is a smaller sized one to two person team. Um, so we have this weird line where a lot of indies, Spelunky is my biggest example. You know, that the Spelunky 2 cost like $10 million to make and it was a, uh, had a lot of money thrown at it, right? How does that not classify as something like double A, right? Um, so we, the line is becoming ever more closer, but it does games definitely is a bit of an Ouroboros, and and the cycle repeats itself. Therefore, games that we played when we were kids that you wouldn't necessarily play now, I think we'll just have an indie opposite that is the closest to it, and you can just play those instead. You know, if you don't want to play Zelda, you could play like a ten or a hundred of the Zelda like indie games that are out there that give the same feeling, the same. Um, you know, relevant experience instead of playing Zelda, right? But, but they weirdly don't tend to, like, permanently plant themselves in the zeitgeist for very long. Like, like if you had a kid and they never played Zelda before, would you really want to sit them down with Owl Boy instead? I don't Cause, know. Cause it's because like, it's a good Zelda clone. The small but you team don't, went and but a did kid it. Doesn't, but a kid doesn't know that. A kid doesn't know that. They're just playing a video game. If they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. That's what you were like for a kid. No one was... There was no internet to tell you Zelda was the hottest shit in the world, mm. right? It was just the video game you owned, right? And and then it just so happened that it was the video game that your friends owned because you found it in the store. Uh, you know, I don't know. So, like, so, so, what, what, what's something big that might have been totally outclassed by, by a lot of projects now? Well, like, I think uh, Undertale is a great example of like. Earthbound continue, oh, right? Oh yeah, that's a great yeah. example. The fact yeah, that, that that even in Japan, Earthbound. that even in Japan, Undertale is treated with the same reverence as the Mother series, and you know Toby Fox is very often interviewed with Shigosato Itoi, just proves that that can happen, right? Um, you know, there's great RPGs out there like uh, Crosscode that Matt really likes. Oh right? my god, like, that went yeah. on to Jesus. That went that went on to be you know, entirely successful. And it's a, it's like a Chrono Trigger inspired, you know, video game and stuff like that. Um, I wish there was more games yeah, like th- that. You know, Holy shit. <laughs> there's, I think there's a lot out there. I think, um, you think of super meat boy, you know, it's adult Mario, essentially Spelunky as well is, is random Mario. That's but what Derek you still recommend Mario. Yeah. But which one do you think like, Spelunky is not that far off from being as known across all gamers as Mario is. Mario is in the public eye, but across all of the gaming industry, Spelunky is like the indie darling. So is Super Meat Boy, right? Everybody knows about those games. Gamers. But you've got to also remember timing is important, right? Great. Zelda came out at a time when not many games existed. Therefore, was the pinnacle of adventure games. Spelunky and Super Meat Boy happened to also come out around 2010, 2011, 2009, which also happened to be, if you were an indie game that even showed any quality, like anything close to being a double A game but was made by a small team, 
you were already hot shit because nobody had proved you could do that. You know, you had to be a somewhat triple A studio or a double A studio that had 30 to 50 people to make a video game because the tech wasn't really available. Those games came out. They also were good, but they showed that it was possible. Right. So I think we're in this, we're in a perpetual cycle where I think there is like a alternative in your mind. Like even a shooter you enjoyed when you were a kid, like, oh, I really like Doom. Well, what's a great Doom clone that's out now? Ion Fury. There you go. (laughs) Or even just play Doom 2016, you know? So I think it's an interesting question. I, I, maybe we, you know, recommend stuff similar. Uh... Do we ever 100% games? Nicholas Brook asks, Do you ever platinum or collect all achievements for games? Have you ever done this? If not, what game would you do this? I have done it, but I haven't done it in years, man. You sound about as as happy for those memories as I might mine, because I did that for Metal Gear Solid Five, and I never want to go back to that game again. Like, it kind of ruined that yeah. game for me, actually. I don't know how Gerard does it. Like, it was too much. Yeah. It was too much. Yeah, no, it's not my thing. 100% in games. Because most games are not worth it. In my opinion, 100%ing it. Well, like, like there will be like one or two achievements on the bottom of the list. That's just a job you have yeah, to do yeah. now. <laughs> that is your yeah. work. Like the rest of them might be good fun, but with Metal Gear Solid Five, it was something that required RNG. It was collecting animals. You didn't know what animal crawled into your cage until after the mission debriefing. It was all a slot machine you had no control over. Pure repetition, a grind that absolutely made me tired of a game that a lot of people do like reinstalling and going back to. I don't think I've ever... Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. I think I wish I could play like you, Liam. I really do. But then I I, I do feel fairly miserable inside sometimes (laughs) when I play a game I really like and I don't finish it. I feel miserable inside all the time. But I do get to play a lot of games. I, I, you know, I experience a lot of games, and I, I, I do like that. I don't get hung up on whether or not. Ultimately, my money is my money, and my time is my time. How I choose to do it is up yeah. to me. Therefore, if I play a game and I like it, but I don't want to finish it because I want to move on to something else, that's entirely up to me, right? It doesn't denigrate whether I can say whether I like or don't like something. Maybe I can't. Oh, but if you're reviewing something, then you got to beat no, it no, no, twice no. with all the extras no, I, and all you the options. Beat it once. That's you have to beat it. I, th- <laughs> I do think you have to beat the game. Yeah. Or if the game is so bad you have reason to stop playing, then that is a part of the reason why it's bad. That I understand. But I don't think you can fully professionally review a video game without finishing it. Yeah. I don't think that would be doing your job professionally a disservice and also, to be honest, also the product you're reviewing. I agree, Um, but I fucking hate that so much. And that's why you don't see a lot of reviews on my channel anymore. And I think it's absolute travesty that like, oh, if you're if if you get as as swell of a job as it is to review something, you are so much better off reviewing books and movies because those don't take 40 hours. I mean, the longest of books <laughs> you, take about as long as average video games do. That's why I will never review <laughs> a game read ever book. again. I went through that, George, and oh I God. was like, nope, not anymore. <laughs> it was so awful when I was doing like like Ubisoft sandbox games for review because those just 
Jesus Christ, those go on so long. And and I swear, you, you will like the game better if you play like Liam. The review would be more positive. And that's probably how more normal customers who aren't super hardcore shut-in gamer loners... That's probably how they play the game you're reviewing, that, that you're playing in a different way that makes it less... F oh, I hate it! <laughs> oh, no, I made Eddie scared! Oh, <laughs> oh no, George can never... Oh, my God, Eddie's the soothing source that means he cannot go on rants anymore. Oh, no, I need my rants. <laughs> the hell? Eddie. Oh, I thought he was. Sh I thought he was shaking Eddie then, but it just was like a toy, a fluffy toy that looked like his dog. <laughs> uh, if I ever shake Eddie, you guys have permission shake to you. shoot. Oh, hello! Welcome back. I'm sorry. <laughs> I ended up playing fetch with my dog on the podcast. Wow. He's just <laughs> welcome, everybody. Jesus this is it. <laughs> How long is this <laughs> going to last? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I just was thinking. That. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, but holy at least shit. at least it'll be like a way better way to spend my time than than like playing Hunt Showdown. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm that that I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward back to productive George again. But that's not productive. Eddie, you'll that's, help me that's, be more productive, won't he's, you? He's literally talking about well, the dog. At least he's well, awake and goes to bed at a normal time. What, what, what ends up happening now is that I end up procrastinating by looking up tips on how to raise Jack Russell Terriers. <laughs> you gotta keep them stimulated. At least you gotta keep them playing. Fetch. At least you're, you're not you're not doing the thing that I see a lot of people do, where they get a dog just because they're lonely and they don't take care of it, and it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Well, to be fair, I was lonely. Well, yeah, but, but you're taking like, care of it. Friends kind of gave me this dog. I didn't yeah. really seek it out as the cure. It kind of fell on to me. He seeked you out. Yeah, Susan Duff, it, right. You're so much better off with me instead. Like, <laughs> I shouldn't say too much on the podcast, but the, the, the dog, the dog Anyways, is alive. Um, do do we have time for one more, or should we should we wrap? Let's do one more. We can do one. Yeah, okay. let's do one more. Yeah, because I kind of I kind of like uh, C's question here. Just just C C E E <laughs> says. I fell for the copy pasta and started playing FF14, which has me wondering, <laughs> Dad and Sons, what makes a good side quest? Because you know I love me some good side oh, quests. Oh, God. Not in Everything 14? in Majora's Mask. In fucking 14. Yeah, does FF14 14 14 have good side quests? 14 is a no, it doesn't. fucking MMO that has just a bunch of junk in it. Just, Liam. just collect X number of X yeah, Tell, me, that, tell me that's not a lie. That's not a lie. I think the side quests in fourteen are the worst part. Yeah, I think everyone everyone wants you to not not do them because it keeps you away from the main quest. I think yeah, good side those. quests. I think good side quests are, are moments in a game where developers realize they get to experiment. Yes. You know, they don't they're not touching the main yeah. story, therefore they can be quirky, they can try strange mechanics, mm. they can they can have the player experience something that if they put it in the main quest, it would feel odd and it would discourage the player potentially because it'd be so out of left field. But side quests being side quests, they can be whatever they want to be. So making a good one is the idea that you get to experiment with player expectation and player agency while also rewarding them for going out of their way to do this side quest, right? I think just generic side quests that are like, can you get 
Item A, can you get the sex eggs from Daniel over there and bring them back to me? I'm desperate for my sex eggs. Is just the worst type of side quest. It's just mm-hmm. pure waffle, expanding <laughs> player waffle. time. It's pure waffle. It's waffling on. It's just player at, at continuing player elongating player uh, time for no reason. RPGs are like the greatest offender of this because they've got that thirty to forty hour average count to span out, right? Um, but you know, I think there are some games that can do okay. Like Witch Three, I think did okay because it leans a lot on the writing and the characters a lot more, so you engage in the world a lot more. Um, but I think, yeah, good side quests are are, are all about like getting uh, g- game developers getting to experiment and like subvert player expectations. I, I really, really liked what the uh, Black Isle Obsidian interplay uh, Western RPGs made in Texas. What they would do, where they would get different developers on staff to write the side quests versus the developers who wrote the main quests. Heck yeah, just do weird shit. Have the have the player play a trading card game. You know, it's a great one. I I I I I, I want to like go through a story as as a side quest, a little story that tells something bigger about the world. From a from a more diverse voice than than the regular quest, someone with uh, with different focuses on their minds when they're writing it up. Yeah, but you can do that. But you can also you know have mechanics that are different. For the player to engage in that make that character then stand out and feel special. What I always liked about Zelda games is you didn't know whether you were doing a main quest or a side quest just because they were so random sometimes. Like especially Majora's Mask, you had no idea if you were talking to a main person or an NPC character because the story is non-existent. You're just on your path to get to you know fucking Ganon's shit up, right? So you, the people you meet are all just non-supplier, like, they're there. It doesn't matter if they're main quest and they forward, fast forward the game, you know, an hour compared to one dude who just wants some apples, right? They all had, like, <laughs> character and, like, usually engaging in a mini game or something that was interesting. Man. But Breath of the Wild side quests, though, those, those, those ones kind of dropped the ball, dude. Well, most of the NPCs in that game kind of did as well. You know, I think that game wasn't about that. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, if if uh, uh, Witcher Three, like like a lot of overly long sandbox games, I was reviewing every week for five years ago. Witcher Three is a game that is mostly good side quests plus one only okay main quest, and all of the stuff going on with Gwent in that game. Is hilarious. There is a side quest chain that leads all the way to the end of one of the expansion packs where you are playing in an official Gwent tournament and a small gang of players are so angry about a rule change that they uh, incite a riot in the city and, and, and trash the place up. And it's the shit is hilarious the whole way through, and and like Gwent is already a, a fun enough mini game that they 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 put the capital down to turn it into a as always online service game spinoff of its own that uh, you're having fun playing Gwent anyway, and the writing is is absolute hilarious parody of of gamer culture and tabletop gaming culture that uh that that it was. Really stands out in my mind as like like best side quests yeah. of all time. Like some of the yakuza more than games, the main right? quest. <laughs> like some of the yakuza games, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, 
what they engage who, who, in. Who was it who everyone fell in love with in the new game? The, like, pee champion? The piss champion? No, uh, one, that was one of the bad guys, right? Piss wizard. Piss wizard. I was getting there. I would have My favorite one is, like, the guy who asks you where the station is in English. He's like, hey, buddy, can you tell me where the station yeah. is? He's yeah. like... Then this guy comes in and he's like, Ghostlight! Tanarito! And then he's like, you can learn English in this yeah. academy here. <laughs> and then it, it teaches you into like a mini game where you can study for questions and tests. Like that is the kind of that shit. That sounds great. awesome. See, the, the best side quest is, this, is the quest that you don't know if you're playing the main quest or the side quest. Yeah. Those are the yeah. best ones. And yeah. Yakuza... Definitely made you think that you were doing a like a main quest sometimes. Like it just randomly, randomly happened. A cutscene. You're just walking down, and in that same section, you'll see a cutscene play, and then it's just some like wacky thing that's happening. You're like, oh, let me just do this real quick. Yeah, and then you realize that's what they're doing. They're getting you to do the side quest by just like integrating it in your like path. You know, mm. and make it like kind of like making you uh, kind of trip over things to kind of, you know, uh, uh, immerse you in the world instead of it just being like, oh, here's like a explanation point on top of this guy's head. Let me just see what he wants. Oh, if it's good enough, then I'll play it. If it's not, then I'll just go straight to the main quest. Oh, I noticed you noticed my exclamation point. You'll notice next that I would like to notice 15 grasshoppers yeah, like, fuck that. before 8 p.m. tonight. I, and then they just tell you thanks, and that's the whole side I, quest. I don't do any side quest anymore. I'm, I don't nope. do it anymore. I skip straight through it. Not even in RPGs? It. Yeah, I skip through it. Like... Like, in Three Houses, I do do all the, like, lost items, for instance. You get these lost items around the the place, and you could just give it to the right people and stuff like that. And that's basically a huge side quest chain because they, it gives you something for it. But other than that, like, if I'm just getting, like, money and stuff, I don't care. I don't care. Thanks. The end. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fucking side quest. I just, I can't, if I get like mad at video games, Eddie will like come over and, and ask me what's wrong. I just, I, I, I can't wait, wait, he asks you what's wrong? Anymore. Oh boy. Well, you, you know, with his eyes. Oh, okay. Just making sure that you're not going crazy just yet. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We, that's we still that's got already what? happened. Eddie might be bringing me back down we to still reality, got like a, but a couple years of this podcast right before we go downhill right <laughs> what do you mean by before <laughs> i don't think we ever started out that way <laughs> oh we're just speeding we're seeing how low we can go is how this is going <laughs> at at some point mm. we 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 have to hang up the hat we can't be like those uh all those white old guys on those uh those gamer podcasts right well, you you never can my role anyway. models. <laughs> Your oh, role models, you said. You ne- Adam Sessler's back back in the game again. I wonder how long Jerf get Jeff Gersman. What was I going to say, Jerf Getsman? I wonder how long Jeff Gersman is going to be in the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we're I, I doing mean, this for fun at the, this point, so it doesn't really matter, does it? All right. 
if those guys, you know, if, if they're if they're having fun yeah. doing it, the worst is when you get older hope. people who are just disgruntled and they're just like, I hate my job, uh, blah, blah. <laughs> everything's miserable, and you're just like, I mean, then why why are you doing it? Let if, someone if else you who read, wants to do it. If you read the comments, like that's what they'll say about Jeff Gertzman. That, that, like, he's too old and, and cynical and doesn't enjoy things anymore, and it'll be under a video of him having the time of his life playing VR or something. Yeah, so that's but, weird. Um, I don't find, like, Jeff, especially Jeff Gersman or any of that. Like, like, the stereotype's gonna be there whether you're having fun doing it or not, I guess. Like, the criticism is something you'll never be able to escape. The negativity will drive that's you. Just the, that's just the internet, isn't it? How does the neg? I would love to ask Jeff Gertz. Oh my God! I would love Jeff to talk to, to Jeff Gertzman about <laughs> that. Actually, how how mm. you can stay sane reading negative internet comments for entire decades, and and also have so much of your your job be involved with these same companies that have such like sleazy PR disasters week after week. Like like after that goes on for decades, you you, you got to learn some tips, right? I mean, he probably just ignores it. I mean, probably. that's the, that is the beauty of getting old. You can still do it and still have fun in it. You just ignore the negativity, right? Like yeah, I, you know, but but it's so hard to. You well, with you, it's a bit different. You've you know, you've been super bunny hop for a while, and you know, right? You uh, you have a lot more. A lot more lower lower places I can go. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, now now Eddie's sleeping peacefully in his bed. He just switched off from energetic mode to chill oh, mode. Oh boy, oh boy, dude! The coolest thing about this dog is how good he is at relaxing and chilling out and running all over the place and playing. Like like I you know I, when, when I, I, I used to not love Jack Russells, but now I'm when I fall in I'm love, heart warmed again. I want I want to sound like you George. <laughs> hmm. I mean, you know the the chemical explanation behind it, right? Like like it does shoot dopamine in your brain when you think about the person you're in love with. And that's how people like like grow so obsessed and become so irrational over it. It's it is a drug. Yeah, that was me back in the so, day. When I didn't know yeah, how to back handle in the love. Day, back when we were young, when my we were friend. Long, yeah. uh, and I was like, oh my god, she's the we're center all, of my world. Yeah, we're all young yeah. and dumb and in love Young ones. and dumb. Yeah. I, just, I just hope I am still capable. <laughs> same, you sound same. it. <laughs> Let me not say that. I know I'm capable. I know I'm capable. But yeah. You but, are capable. But I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. Goof. Maybe, maybe, maybe we just maybe we just need to get Matt a dog. Actually, no, after I'm all good. the protesting he's I'm doing, good. yeah, he's he's gonna say no. But you know, I, when dude, he's got I, it, he'll go out. He'll change his mind. No, I don't. I don't need to worry about a dog when I'm, you know, enjoying my life. <laughs> well, then we'll get you a dog after you're done enjoying your when, life. When I buy a house in inland, away from the city, in the mountains, yeah, no. I gotta. Ah, uh, that sounds like a great place for a dog. Yeah, I know. I know like you, you don't want to buy anything in the, in the city because it's too expensive. You go inland, where the mountains at, but there's mm. no action there. Um, yeah, that that that's you like know, the, a hiking trail that the dog can run around. Yeah, in. No, rabbits to chase. Fuck that. I'm not. I, I I do like the city. I do like the city though. 
Maybe later on. Yeah, but I never thought about moving out of the city until Eddie moved in. I never once thought I'd I'd want like a big house with a yard and a doggy door. It, but now after Eddie, I kind of it, it's it's kinda funny turning around on it's that. It's funny how things change so quickly. Like you're it's something in a just week, flips one week. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So one minute you're thinking this way, and the next minute you're just like, oh, yeah. You gotta be prepared yeah. for everything. Yeah. That's why I won't get a dog. Oh. Yeah. Because uh, you don't want your apartment to feel feel small, <laughs> inadequate suddenly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. But but in either case, Eddie Eddie is a wonderful, happy boy. Yeah. And and I am falling in love with him. George is so is happy. Uh, right. yes, He's so it happy. Is. Yes, I love it. Adorable. I love it, dude. <laughs> it's a, I mean I it has been annoying this whole podcast here. but it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy for him man. look at him there he is oh, oh my god I'm taking mm. another photo there we go oh. <laughs> say bye Eddie I, I don't bye, think he, he knows yeah, he, he doesn't damn. know anything about waving or shaking. I'm, I'm just trying to teach him how to come here. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, introduced the podcast, but uh, with Eddie saying hi, so I'll, uh, I'll play us out with Eddie saying bye. Yeah, he's squirming. <laughs> there you go, Eddie. Back on the floor. His squirming is uh, very gentle because I barely see him move. <laughs> I, I, I might just have been a, a paranoid dog dad and, and felt like a tremble and been like, oh god, he wants to go down. Yeah. Anyway, George is obsessed. I'm feeling a little. Little, so your obsessive right behavior now, has fact. moved on over to the dog, basically. But you are happier. Yes, instead of playing Hunt Showdown all the time, I'm going to play with the dog. But all at the least time. you're happier with this obsessive obsession. Yeah, be obsessed with looking after a dog. Yeah, right. I think it's significantly well, it's more healthy than sitting down, like and playing games, like a. Like a good video game, uh, uh, playing with the dog gives you instant feedback. <laughs> like the dog will immediately let you know if you're doing something wrong. But but <laughs> and 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 if you're doing something right, it's it it, it triggers the dopamine, uh, the serotonin. That's the chemical that the that your brain squirts when you're when you're playing with squirts? a happy dog. It's serotonin. God damn. I mean, it's the same chemical that I think your brain squirts out oh when you're God, like cuddling up right. with a human. <laughs> <laughs> your, your brain doesn't squirt man what's going on Just... no your brain squirts happy chemicals when you oh, cuddle up with Jesus happy people and Christ, happy pets dude. It, it's the su- look and it I up under that, the squirting think... chapter <laughs> yeah like find a, 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 if you have a friend in med school they learn how to